0: Everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Grace Atwood. And I'm Becca Freeman. And we're back from break. Becca, I guess we'll we'll talk about how our breaks were, like in the body of the in the body of the episode.
1: This whole episode is catch-up because
0: it's a big catch-up. Man, even
1: just talking about what we read and what we watched would take a whole episode. So we're just we're given an episode to catch up what we did over the break, what we read, what we watched, what we felt. Yeah, what what we ate. Just all things catch
0: up. Everything. Ketchup
1: being not the condiment.
0: Yes. <laughs> What's your high this week? Okay,
1: so my high. Yeah, I wasn't sure how to do this. So I just picked my highest high from the time we we're off. So my highest high is that I finished the first draft of my book.
0: Yeah, that is such a high.
1: On December 29th. So it gets... Pretty dicey as the book goes on. So like the second half is way worse than the first half. But I am excited and I feel energized that I have something to edit from. So I think now I have no idea how this process works. I'm I'm kind of daunted by the edit editing process to be honest. But um, I think I'm going to take like four to six months to revise it. So it's not like it's done. There's still a lot more work to do. But I'm excited that it's a big step. And it was my big goal hu- for
0: 2021. It's a huge step. I'm so excited for you.
1: And it, it definitely looked at certain points like it might not happen. So I'm very proud of myself for accomplishing my goal. Yeah. Um. What about you? What's your high from the break? What's your highest high from the break?
0: Well, my high, I'm going to talk about my highs from the break. But I have a high because it's happening today at 10 a.m. My Chappie collection launches, which is a collection of Four amazing bright striped blankets with contrasting bindings. You're going to get yours this weekend. It should be there Friday or Saturday. Oh, I'm excited.
1: I asked for the orange one because I think it's not usually my color, but I just think it's so fun.
0: The orange one's actually my favorite. I like it even more than the green one. Um, And I will tell you the orange and the red have the lowest inventory because that like creamy yellow binding on the sides, we like just couldn't get a lot of stock of that. There's not a lot of either of those colors. So if you're listening and you want the orange or the red one, the hot dog or the creamsicle, then definitely get on those. The green and blue have more inventory.
1: I'm so excited about these. They they give me very strong beach house vibes.
0: Yes, I thought that too. I think they kind of in a way almost look like beach towels, but then they're like these super snuggly blankets. Um, I love them. I'm so proud of them. They just make me really, really happy.
1: Yay. I'm so excited to see how they do.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too. I was like, should we do a discount code? And the Chappie team was like, no, these are going to fly. I was like, okay. Okay. from your lips to God's ears. We'll see. Yeah. What about what about lows? So my low isn't like a real low. I mean, my low is probably the same as your low. It's just anxiety about Omicron. I am So today that we're recording this is Wednesday and tomorrow I'm going to L.A. to see my boyfriend for four nights and (laughs) I'm like, is this going to happen? Am I going to get stuck? You know, like with everything, I kind of assess the risk like I haven't gone out all week kind of just to make sure I don't accidentally pick it up. I'm going to take a test before I leave. We're doing all outdoorsy things when I'm there and just like hunkering down just the two of us. And then I'll take another test when I (laughs) before I leave and hope I don't get stuck in L.A., but, you know, if I get stuck there, it's not the worst thing. And I don't know. It's, it's really important to me to see him. I'm just like, this is a little scary.
1: Yeah, that's my low, too. It, this wasn't going on when we recorded the last episode of the podcast before the break. But I feel like there was this week, um, a week before Christmas, where it came out of nowhere.
0: Where It was such doom.
1: It it literally came out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, within 48 hours, I had been canceled on three times for work meetings or social plans because people I was getting together with had COVID. And it just really rattled me how many people I know have had it. Like, it, it was more people simultaneously having it than at any other point in the pandemic. Luckily, everyone has had much milder symptoms than with other variants, you know, most most I think everyone I know who has had it has now recovered, but it is just so contagious. And I don't know, like I I just had like a really severe panic response to it where I saw this meme today that like, uh, that I felt like summed it up really well, where it was like, I don't want mild COVID. I don't want, I don't want intense COVID. I don't want long COVID. I don't want any kind of COVID. And I just, I don't know. So I've been hunkering down this, this whole break. And I, I haven't seen anyone except for Rachel who did go see her parents, but then quarantined for five days. And so, and took a test. And so I felt comfortable seeing her just to like needing to see somebody <laughs> over, you know, over the past three weeks. But um, it's,
0: it's, I don't know. It, it feels really intense. I feel like in Charleston know like a lot of people have had it and it's same as with you everything has been really mild but i'll tell you like i feel like such a weirdo cuz i walk around my building in a mask and no one is wearing a mask
1: oh i feel like people are masked up here like even walking on the street outside i feel like i see people masked which also partially i think is cuz it's cold out so it's kind of a nice thing to keep your face warm but
0: yeah Our cases are still lower, but it's I I just everyone's making social plans and going out and doing stuff. And I feel like such a downer being like, I can't. I think that people understand because I'm like, I can't do that because I'm getting on a plane tomorrow or in two days and I don't want to pick anything up. But it feels very it feels like a different mentality down here versus up there. Like my my Charleston friends, Instagram accounts look a lot different than my New York friends, Instagram accounts. Well, should we take
1: a little ad break and then get into this episode? Yes. Okay. So I'm totally not a believer that when the new year rolls around, you need to change your whole entire life. But one easy thing that you might want to change in 2022 is your shampoo and conditioner. So by now, you've probably heard me rave about Pros, the world's most personalized hair care. But in case you haven't, I want to tell you all about the incredible results I've seen with my customized Pros products. So I've been using Prose for about 18 months now, and my hair looks better all around. It's healthier, and that's from someone who just went eight months between haircuts. (laughs) It's shinier, and I do think it's fuller. And I'm not somebody with naturally good hair. My hair is really fine, so I attribute this all to my customized shampoo and conditioner from Pros. And I'm also totally in love with the scent. I get the Corsica scent. So Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started. It takes five minutes and they ask you about everything from your hair type and your styling routine to some less expected questions like about your diet or your exercise routine and your zip code so they can take into account environmental factors. And by analyzing over 85 personal factors, PROS determines a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concerns. And they have this really cool review and refine feature. So every time I buy a new bottle, I get to tell them how they did and make tweaks to improve my next bottle even more. So it literally gets better the longer you use it. And as a carbon neutral certified B Corp, Prose is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty, and they are cruelty free. And trying Pros is totally risk free. So if you're not 100% positive that Pros is the best hair care you've ever had, they'll take back the products, no questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair care regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash B-O-P. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash B-O-P for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. Back to the episode. So we covered our highest highs and our lowest lows, our most pervasive highs and lows. But what were some of your other highs from, from break? We took a month off, so I feel like there must have been other things that happened.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I really focused more on that one week because I feel like I was still blogging and telling everyone what I was doing. And I had a lot of highs from that one week. The biggest high was just having a week of just laziness. Like I, I had a lot of friends be like, are you okay? (laughs) Because like people down here were still socializing and things. I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm watching like (laughs) three movies a day. I'm reading like 17 books. And I haven't like showered in a few days. And it was so nice. I haven't been this lazy in so long. I didn't do any blog posts. I didn't do any sponsored content. December was like overload for me with like gift guides and holiday planning. And just I had ads like on Instagram stories almost every day. So it was so nice to just like chill. I will tell you, like, I'm such a movie person, but I um. I got really into movies this break, which was nice. I found a chart somewhere. We can put it in the show notes with like all of the Oscar contenders for the year, even though they like obviously the nominations haven't been released. But I was like, I'll start like getting a leg up here on watching all of these. And I made a little note in my phone. And this is all saved to my my Instagram highlights. There's a movie highlight where I put like my little mini reviews and I just got like real into the movies and it felt good. That's great. We'll talk about what, what I watched and what you watched later on. But um, that was great. Um, the biggest high, which is actually tied to the low, which was a COVID scare, um, was actually Jeff stayed extra and we got to spend Christmas morning together. Then he flew home on Christmas because we were we needed to quarantine because we were exposed to a friend who had COVID. So the he was fine as of like, I think, six days later on christmas day so he flew back but it it was like it was a low but it was also so nice like the two of us had christmas eve alone and we made margaritas from scratch and we what did we eat we ate something delicious i forget and it was like we were alone but it was nice um because my family didn't want to hang out with us because they thought maybe we had covid (laughs) oh and then we had an outdoor christmas
1: what did you get each other for christmas can you say
0: Yes, so I got him a Theragun Mini, like the um, the little guy, and which is mm-hmm. great because um, he's always he he's very active, but he's also on the go a lot, so it's little, so he can like throw it in his suitcase if he wants to, um, and then I got him two sweaters and a shirt from Faraday. They have – I like Faherty. I work with them for my blog and I I have some great cashmere sweaters for me from them. But I was in the store in Charleston. I was like, holy shit, the men's stuff is like amazing. Like I never really paid attention to the men's stuff. So I got him – he like – he has really nice blue eyes. So I got him some blue colored things. Oh, that, nice. Um, they look really good on him. What did and he get you? He got me um, – really nice coffee because I got that coffee machine. And then he got me these beautiful earrings by my friend, um, Annie Van Harling. She's on Instagram at Van H Jewels. And they're really beautiful. There's a blue stone and amethyst and like an opal. And they are just like three little drops set in gold. And I just I thought it was so thoughtful because it was so me like, you know how I I have a relationship with boyfriends and jewelry, like one boyfriend I dated, hated gold so he like slowly but surely bought me all white gold things which just don't look good on me and so I like it was almost like a manipulative way of changing my style (laughs) um it was just like so thoughtful because they were just like such a, a me thing and like colorful and fun and also supporting a female founded small business that's one of my friends so that was cool oh that's lovely yes um so that was really nice The family time was really nice. Like once we were over the COVID hump, we all just were like, we're not hanging out with other people um, except ourselves. (laughs) And so I got to see um, a lot of my sister, my niece, my parents, my brother-in-law. Zoe at Christmas. That is a high. Like kids are in Christmas. You had said this and I was like, yeah, yeah, uh uh-huh. I forgot how magical it is for them. Like it was just so cute seeing her excitement over everything and – I don't know. She's obsessed with the elf on the shelf. Like my parents have – Becca doesn't have an elf, but my parents have these really old elves and she just like goes around the house like collecting them. She doesn't understand that they're supposed to be watching her. She just goes and like takes them down.
1: I loved that your sister for Christmas from Santa got this huge box. Like it was huge. Huge. Like it was – you could fit two people in it. It was so big and she wrapped it and the only thing in it was a Mylar balloon Yes. And the videos that she posted of Zoe going nuts for this balloon were so cute.
0: Yes. That was her big present from Santa. So Santa brings one present and then the rest are from mom and dad, which is, I don't know, that's not how I grew up doing it, but it makes a lot of sense so that like kids aren't like, well, I got all these things from Santa. And then some other kid is like, well, I only got one thing. Um, so that well, was, it seems <laughs> like Zoe was pretty pleased with what she got from Santa. She she was real into her balloon. Yes, yes. I, I also loved seeing my sister get so into Christmas because. My sister doesn't really like I like love holidays like you know me like I think of start thinking about my Halloween costume like during the summer like I love holidays like my tree has been up for weeks I like love wrapping gifts and playing Christmas music my sister is a little bit less like that so it was fun just seeing her as a mom and how into it she got. And then my last high is feeling slightly fit. Like I don't, like I've been sticking with my workouts throughout the break despite being very lazy. So it felt, it feels really good. Like I'm getting less winded during cardio and I just feel stronger, um, which is good. That's great. I'll tell you, I'm in like an awkward phase though where like my body has put on more muscle than lost fat. So I'm do, like doing all these workouts. And I'm like, ooh, pants are kind of tight. Like, but I'm trying not to think about the way my body looks more about how it feels. What are your highs? Highs? (laughs) I mean, my biggest high is that I had 15 days off. It just so happened
1: that, so I only have one consulting client right now and I'm working with them for more hours than I usually would. So right, right now my consulting load is 20 hours and usually that would be split across multiple clients, but right now it's just all one because I'm helping to cover somebody's maternity leave. And um, their office closed for fifteen days over the holidays, and so.
0: You need I, to tell me what company this is because that's a great place to work.
1: <laughs> it's uh,
0: Scribd, the audiobook oh. and ebook
1: company. Um,
0: you know that's actually hilarious because I'm working with them, and they haven't gotten me something I need, and that's why. Yeah, the office
1: is <laughs> closed until tomorrow, and so, um, so I have. 15 days off. And I have not had a full week off in three and a half years since I started working for myself. And, you know, like consulting, I feel like has a lot of on the micro level, has a lot of flexibility, which I love. Like I can wake up later, start working later. I can knock off early. I can, it's really easy to take a long weekend, but like taking a full week off, especially when I have multiple clients, is really hard. And I think the most I've done is, is taken. A five-day weekend, and so having 15 days off has been incredible. I've slept in most mornings. I mean, sleeping in is like 9:30, but it's not sleeping in like I used to do when I was like in my teens or early 20s. But it still feels great. Um, you can't tell because this light is weird, but like my eye bags are gone. Like I looked in the mirror and I was like, I look so rested. Like, I just... That's the best. Feels great. I read six books. I've done two puzzles. Like, I have just relaxed. And yeah. it, it feels so good. And its it's been nice, too, because I feel like also uh, we go back on the 6th. So I've had some time post-New Year's, too. And I've just kind of been focusing on resetting some habits since the first of the year that, that really fell off with writing my book. Like, I hadn't been cooking a lot. Um, I hadn't been working out. I hadn't worked out since October. So I've just kind of been like slowly easing back into those habits. And it just, it's felt really good. So that's my biggest high. And then I I love New Year's. I just like, I love the beginning of the year. I love goals. I love organization. I love the optimistic feeling. Like, I just feel great right now. Like, I'm restored. I'm like hopeful. And yeah, we're going to do a whole episode about our goals for the year next week. But
0: I don't know. Those are my highs. I feel the same way. I just feel so relaxed after a week off. Like, I just feel like all that lazy time and antisocialness was just so restorative. Yes.
1: Yes. Oh, yes. I wonder how long it's going to last. But yeah, I feel great.
0: Yeah. What about lows? So I have three dramatic lows. Are you ready for them? You know them all. Yes. But – Okay, so the first one was canceling the trip to New York, which ended up being fine. Jeff was able to come here instead. It was great. I was listening to our last episode and I was like, I had been so excited to go to the opera and see his brother-in-law perform. I had been so excited to spend time with you and Alex. And I just I really miss you guys. And I am really sad that that didn't happen. I know it was such a bummer. And that was also like in the middle of all the like Omicron drama where everyone we knew was getting sick. And it was like, ah, this is happening again. So that was a big low. And it's funny. So that so the next low is immediately after like, no, two or three days after we'd canceled the trip, Jeff gets down here. We go to dinner with two of our friends. And the next afternoon, my friend calls me and he's like, got some bad news. I tested positive. And I was like, fuck. And then I was like, I definitely have it. So we had at-home tests. So we took those and they were negative. But obviously it takes quite a while sometimes for it to register after exposure. So we took PCR tests three days later. Those were negative. Then I took another at-home test. And then finally on Christmas Day with my family, I took – We all, the whole family took at-home tests before. And we did our gathering outside. But it was scary. I was nervous. I was more – you know, honestly, if I – I I think I have I don't want to say i'm more relaxed attitude towards getting it than you But I like I definitely don't want to get it, but i'm like if I get it, it's okay Like I can still do my job or and like be home But I don't want to and it was more just like the timing of it I'm, like give me COVID in the middle of january just not right before christmas break So that was a low and then All the COVID scares were gone. We were doing our like only seeing family and um the scariest thing happened on New Year's Eve. So we had a very early dinner because Zoe goes to bed early. So we started eating and having some wine at 4.30. We put Zoe down to bed at 7, around 7.30. We were all just sitting in my sister's living room. It was a little bit messy. like There was a, um, a really slippery, shiny, big puzzle out on the floor that we were doing with her. And my brother-in-law stood up and we were laughing about something. And we he started to cough and he fell down and hit his head. And it honestly, Becca, it looked like he was having a heart attack when it happened. It was so incredibly scary. He was That's unconscious terrifying. for yeah, he was unconscious for a little while. We called 911. He, they came. I was really, I've never had to call 911 before. I was really impressed with how quickly they came and how professional they all were. Um, He got taken to the hospital. I stayed behind to just make sure Zoe, like, someone had to stay with Zoe. (laughs) It turned out nothing was actually wrong. It was that he slipped and just had a really bad fucking fall. Oh, my God. And hit his head. So he had stitches. Like, there was – the other thing was there was so much blood. Oh, my God. I'm glad he's okay. Yeah. Me too. It was – it was really scary. So (laughs) – that was in twenty twenty one. We're moving on to a different year. Um, I'm just so glad he's okay. I mean, he has he had to get stitches, so his face is like pretty banged up, but like internally, he's fine. Yeah, and he had a lot of tests run and all of that. Oh, but like that was a very dramatic low. That was the lowest of lows of the tri- of the of the week. Like the yeah. rest are kind of just bullshit anxiety lows. That was actually truly scary. Oh man. Yeah. How about you?
1: I mean, I think my biggest low, overall, I'm very happy right now. I think my biggest low was that I wish I could have had more social plans and saw friends over the break. And that was a personal choice. I just didn't feel comfortable with the way COVID things are. New York is number one in the country right now. And I just, I didn't feel comfortable. So I stayed home. It was cozy. It was calm. But you know, if I had my way, like, it would have had a little bit of a mix of social and relaxing. So that was disappointing timing wise. And then, you know, I I said I was feeling mad about Christmas and my Christmas was meh, It wasn't bad. It wasn't it wasn't awful, but it was, you know, I, I did it by myself and I'm I'm almost glad I did, because if I had made plans to go anywhere, I think I would have ended up canceling them and then been disappointed about that. So, you know, it was fine. Yeah. But, yeah, it was meh. Um, and then a silly low. So um, in anticipation of this holiday break, I bought a bunch of puzzles and, like, love doing a puzzle. So I bought puzzles. I bought two puzzles from Piecework, And this was look really hard. I was watching. I was like, oh, God. So it didn't look hard to me. Like, the picture of it didn't. I was like, oh, this looks like it'll be a fun puzzle. It was like a Christmas-themed puzzle of, like, all Christmas ornaments. It was so hard. But of course, and I started it with Rachel and after like we did the edges, she was like, I don't think I want to do this. Like this doesn't seem very fun. Like this seems too hard. But of course, I'm the person that like once I start something, I'm like, no, I have to finish it. Like I
0: am a completist. And so I... You do not quit no. things. I like There was one puzzle that I quit, and you then proceeded to do the rest of it. No, that was also a piecework puzzle. Remember the one with those white pieces? It was, it was also what? a piecework puzzle. It was like champagne. That is awful. And
1: oh, it had this white border. It was so border. hard. And yeah, I remember you were like, you can do whatever you want. We were at your house, and you were like, you can stay and do this puzzle, but I'm like going to go sit on the couch and read a book. <laughs> you were like, I'm done. Yeah, I was like, I'm done with this. So <laughs> I... Again, felt the
0: need to complete this puzzle. It was miserable. It was so unfun. Why do you do things that aren't fun? I would just box it up and say goodbye. I don't know. I like, I felt I just, we should put up a poll on Instagram. Something in my brain
1: compels me to. Like, it's like competitiveness, but it's just me. I don't know. I can't explain it. So, I don't know. I feel like I need to put like a 30 minute like a 30 minute commitment period on something where it's like you can try it and then like if you don't like it just get out while the getting's good but i was too far in at that point it was That's too funny in. so That's i did funny. it
0: I, I finished the puzzle it's like dnfing a book I, that colleen hoover book and we'll talk about it it was the worst book i ever read i had to finish it i was like i'm so upset by this
1: book but i'm gonna keep going Um, our friend Ilana DM'd me and she was like, oh, this puzzle looks so fun. Do you want to do a puzzle swap? Will you send this to me? And I was like, Ilana, no. Like, I mean, yes, you can have it. I would love to do a puzzle swap, but like, no, you can't. Like, this puzzle is evil. You don't want
0: it. You're like, this is only for enemies. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Who do I hate? You're like, I like you too much to mail (laughs) this to you. (laughs) Who do I hate? And I'm like, I got you this puzzle. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, my God. That's funny. All right. Let's take a quick little ad break. So today's episode is also sponsored by BetterHelp. And just like everyone, right now we're both thinking a lot about our intentions for the year ahead. We're going to talk about that in next week's episode. But maybe you want to be a little bit less stressed. Maybe you just need some help setting boundaries with someone in your life. Maybe you just want to talk to someone and get an unbiased opinion. And in any of these cases, we think BetterHelp might be able to help. If you're looking to pinpoint or address anything that's interfering with your happiness or prevents you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp has licensed professional counselors who might be able to help.
1: Yes, and they make it so easy. So first you fill out a simple online questionnaire that assesses your needs, and they ask you about your age, your relationship status, your past experience with therapy, and what you're looking to address. And then they match you with your own licensed professional therapist in under 24 hours. And then you can choose how you want to interact with them. You can message them anytime, no scheduling needed, or you can have regular video or phone sessions, whatever works best for you.
0: Something we really love is they also have counselors who are specialized in specific issues like stress, anxiety, relationships, parenting, addictions, eating, sleeping, trauma, family conflict, LGBT matters, self-esteem, and more. All told, they have over 20,000 licensed professional therapists. And what's great is that they're committed to facilitating great matches. So if your first therapist isn't a fit, they'll make it free and easy to switch if you need to. And anything you share is always confidential.
1: Best of all, it's more affordable than traditional online counseling and financial aid is available. We want you to start living a happier life today. And as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash badonpaper. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash badonpaper.
0: All right. Let's get back into it. Let's talk about books. I feel like this is going to take like three hours just to talk about books. Yes, please. Should we each do one at a time or should we each do a list? And I feel like we should do a list. I feel like it's okay. sometimes it is like <laughs> mentally confusing to like. <laughs> I think ping-pong. we'll mess. I think we're out of practice and we'll mess up if we do all of them. Do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. So I finished Paper Palace. I think I had talked a little bit about this in the last episode. And this is by Miranda Cowley Heller. This is like on all the bestseller lists. I had gotten so many recommendations to read it but then as I was reading it a lot of people messaged me to say I hate this book. Yeah, that was a really polarizing one. I feel yeah. like people
1: loved or hated it. I think what I I haven't read it but I've heard it's about adultery,
0: right? It's about adultery. It's also like about like very dark tra- traumatic things that happen to the narrator throughout her life. So it opens oh, okay. with her cheating on her husband and then it takes you all the way back to like her childhood. And it alternates between modern day and then like like 24 hours over in modern day versus like her whole childhood and leading up to adulthood. It There's a lot of trauma in it and I don't mind dark. Um, I hated the narrator. I think that the trauma that she went through made her a little bit more sympathetic, but re- I really disliked her. I liked the book overall. My mom liked the book overall, and we kind of came to the decision that the reason we liked it so much was the depiction of Cape Cod, because we used to stay in a cottage very similar to their cottage as when I was a child, and my mom was like her age. So it had nothing to do with the book itself. Oh, well, there's a lot of writing about Cape Cod in there, so I, I and descriptions of the house, but like, yes, the main plot I did not like, but I liked. <laughs> <laughs> but I also I also think it was really well written. So there's that. The next book I read was Friends Like These by Kimberly McCrate, um, and she had written Reconstructing Amelia. Like, and I read that maybe f- when it first came out, like four or five years ago. I love this author. I did not like this book. It was really overwritten. It was kind of all over the place. the The premise is that I think five or six friends go to, to this like Catskills escape and. Um, Two of them end up dead and it's going back and forth with what happened. And it was it was fine. Um, I did think the ending was was really good, but overall I was like, this isn't her best. I, I think sometimes I'm harder on books when I know the author and I really like the author, and then I get like a dud. And I wouldn't even say this is a dud, like it was overall enjoyable. Just it was like a B minus. The next book I read, which you've read, is The Art Forger by B.A. Shapiro. This book, I think it's like 10 or 11 years old. I loved it. Loved it. I feel like I could forge a painting now. I mean, not really. Like, I don't have the tech. I don't think you could. No, I don't have the technical skills, but, like, I know all about, like, the baking process and, like, all of the details that go into it. It was so well researched. I feel like. So you could be, like, an art forgery consultant. I could consult. So you would tell
1: people the right steps, but you don't have the
0: technical know-how. I could talk to, like, a real artist and, like, this is how you forge something. And then they could do it for me. (laughs) Yeah. So if you want to get into a scam with Grace, like just reach out <laughs> or read this book. New Year New Scam. Um, it's a great it was great. The details, the research that went into it. I just thought it was great. And I love that it was set in Boston. The next book, this I had no expectations for. It was I had never heard much of the author. Like a lot of my favorite thriller authors had blurbed it. So I was like, hmm, interesting. Interesting. This is um, Just One Look by Lindsay Cameron. And I just thought this was so fun and, and fast-paced. It's my favorite thriller that I read all month. So this would be like my top recommendation of everything I read. This, so basically this girl, she's a lawyer. We know that she had like this really humiliating experience at work. And because of that, she's like kind of taking a break and doing some temp work. And it's like temp legal work. So she's going through all of the discovery and like looking through all these documents and somehow one of the senior partner's emails gets leaked to like accidentally put into the all of the stuff for the um temps to review and it's like these really amazing loving emails between him and his wife she becomes obsessed with him like she starts buying the kind of wine that they drink and then she starts like trying to find him at the gym and then they strike up a conversation. I'm not going to tell you anything else that happens, but it's very suspenseful and very fun. I loved this. The book that I did not like was Too Late by C. Hoover. So Colleen Hoover wrote this and she asked, she knew what she did. She did. And she, I think to distance herself, published it under her initial versus her name. And I read this because a, a reader had messaged me and was like, this is even darker and twistier than, um, Verity. And I was like, oh, my God, I got to read that. It wasn't twisty. It was twisted. And there's a difference there. Like this book was pretty much one big 400 pages of violent sex and abuse. And like there was no like turning point. There was nothing good about it. It was a little bit trashy. I hated it. Like I don't remember the last time I hated a book so much. So does it have good reviews? Like how did you hear about it? Through a reader. And then even Colleen Hoover in her author's note, like, says she didn't want to publish this, that it was, like, a creative exercise she did. And I gotta ask, like, what's going on in your brain if that's, like, your creative, like, fun project? <laughs>
1: um Well, I've read some of her earlier books that are, like, very dark and about abusive relationships yeah. or traumatic. So I feel like that can be her wheelhouse sometimes. Yeah. But I've never left one with the same reaction that you have. Like, did you read with It, it Ends
0: With Us? No, I didn't read that one. That one was about domestic abuse. And it was hard to read at times, but it was still really well written. And it was like, had a good plot. This was just, I felt abused reading it. Like, it was a lot. But the author's note really says it all at the beginning. Like, it she published it under her initial to differentiate it from her other works. Um, It kind of, it basically said like, read it at your own risk. And I did, and I didn't like it. And then I read three up and coming books. So the first one you've read uh, in the New York Minute by Kate Spencer, who we love. Um, This is out March 15th. This I read like, I was canceling my trip to New York in the middle of reading this. It's a really cute, like rom-com style book set in New York. And it made me miss New York even more, but it kind of like, it was almost like being in New York reading it. So I I missed it a little bit less. Um, the next book I read is, I'd been saving this one. I, I read it when I was like sad that I I was sad that I wasn't going to New York. I read um, The Golden Couple by Greer Hendricks and Sarah Pekkanen. And, you know, I love all of their books. They're like one of my favorite, like thriller duos. And this one is about this like seemingly perfect couple that enters into couples counseling with this like kind of unconventional relationship counselor and what happens next. And it was um, very dramatic and very, very good. Well, I like this. I have a copy of it. I think you will. It's not
1: like, it's not scary it's not that it's going to make me me scared that somebody's going to murder
0: me. It's not scary. It's just twisty. It's fun. Okay. Okay. Um, And then lastly, I read Our American Friend by Anna Petoniak, and this is out February 15th. I absolutely loved this. So kind of like... Kind of like what Curtis Sittenfeld does with did with Rodham and um, American Wife. This is basically Melania Trump fan fiction, but in the best, <laughs> but literally in the best, most positive light. Like imagine Melania like grew up in. I don't know anything about her background actually, so maybe she did. But she grew up in Soviet Russia and moved to Paris with her. With her family and like endured so much horrible stuff, and like is just like such a fighter, and like such a good person doesn't really love her husband. I don't want to give anything away, but it's 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 fan fiction in the best possible way i mean it's very clearly like inspired by the trump presidency, it has this very arrogant like brash man in charge of the country, and then she's the wife and It's and like nobody really knows about her because she's so private. But then she hires this journalist to help her write her biography. And then all these secrets keep coming out. Oh, it was so good. It alternates between 70s Russia and Paris and modern day America. I loved this. I can't recommend it enough. I know it sounds like like we don't really
1: the way you phrased it was really funny to me, (laughs) but it actually sounds really great. I love a political thriller. Yes, you're going to love this one. Especially having just watched The Americans, mm-hmm. which is, like, about Soviet spies in the U.S. Like, it feels like it might have something in common with that that I would be interested in.
0: Yes. So, that's what I read. How
1: about you? Well, so, okay. So, in December, I actually had a really rough start to the month reading-wise. I DNF'd three books in a row that came highly recommended. Um, I, I saw this on you, Instagram. Yeah, and you know that I'm not – It's hard for me to DNF something, so that says something. So I was in like a real reading rut in the beginning of the month. And then um, the book that turned it around for me, I had been saving this. I had a copy of Book Lovers by Emily Henry, which doesn't come out until May. And I'd been saving it. And I was like, it's time for the big guns. Now is the time. So I read that. And I adored it. It was so great. It is – I – I loved People We Meet on Vacation and this feels, you know, the writing feels really similar and I just think Emily Henry is so great at what she does. I love her. Do you think I would like this one? I don't know. Okay. I don't
0: know. I think I love her so I want
1: to read it. Um, I think you'll like it. It might be a little too cheesy for you. So it's basically, it's a It's an enemies-to-lovers romance about this uh, book editor, or sorry, a book agent. And the whole book is kind of like an ode to tropes of, like, rom-com tropes. So she's, like, the uptight, overworked, undersexed, type-A woman. She goes to this small town because her sister wants to go on a vacation. And, you know, her sister's like, you should date somebody here. And, like, you know, they have all these, like, little uh challenges that they want to do like they want to help a failing business and they want to date like a blue collar not a widower but you know whatever but it's very self-aware that it's like it is tropey but it's it's like celebrating and also slightly making fun of tropes okay and she finds out that her nemesis who is this book publisher who's very surly is also in this town he's from there and he's helping his family and so they get like thrown together I loved it.
0: It was great. I I don't know if you'll like it. I don't okay. think you'll hate it. I have a lot of other things I want to read. I just did my reading list and then I got all these recommendations for books. So so um I I'm probably going to read those first. But it's like I love it. It's hard because
1: like a lot of I think my our favorite... listeners will love it. I don't know that you will love it.
0: Okay. I I feel it. like a, a lot of my favorite people that write write romance like Hannah Orenstein, Emily Henry, Kate Kate Spencer like So I want to read them, but um, it's not always my thing. Yeah. So after that, I read Playing with Matches
1: by Hannah Orenstein. Hannah wrote Head Over Heels. I loved Head Over Heels. Which was the gymnastics romance. Yep. And um, she lives in the same neighborhood as I do. And we've gotten friendly and hung out a couple of times. And I really like her. And she's been really helpful to me in writing my book. And um, I realized that I hadn't read some of her earlier books. And so this was her first book. And I also am just curious about reading other people's first books, like not to compare, but just to be like, oh, like how did you change as a writer from your first book until now? And so I read her first book, which is called Playing With Matches. It's from a few, probably like five years ago or so. And it's about this girl who just graduated from NYU and becomes a professional matchmaker. And as she does this, like her whole life blows up. And I thought this was really fun. This book kind of has mixed reviews on Goodreads. And I think a lot of people don't like the main character. This felt so realistic to me about being in your early 20s in New York City. I didn't move here until I was 25. So, you know, like I missed the fresh out of college, like 22 to 24 stuff. But like it felt like live it felt like being here and being really young and it's like you are selfish and like yeah you are like kind of a mess but like it felt very nostalgic for me to read
0: this too oh I love that I really I I don't know Hannah like you do but I like her books a lot so that was great and then I read the happily ever after playlist
1: by Abby Jimenez and this book my friend Carrie recommended it to me she was like I think you'll love it because it's a famous person non-famous person romance, and. I know Hitha loves it. Like, it it, it overall has very good reviews. I didn't like it. I thought it was fine. It was a romance about this uh, girl who finds this rock star's lost dog, and then they, like, start a correspondence and they fall in love. The characters, like, it was – first of all, it was, like, a, like, they fell really hard and fast for each other. And then, like, they didn't really have – that much going on in their lives outside of each other even though like he's a rock star and and whatever and so i was like oh i don't it didn't do it for me okay it didn't do it for me
0: i've seen that one all over social media and i was like the title alone i'm like that's a no for me but Mm um it um, wasn't for me everyone's been raving about it i know
1: um so then i i really wanted like a really addictive book and for me you know, addictive books that I just like can't put down usually tend to be like series, like you know, like the Hunger Games or the Selection or things like that. Um, and also fantasy, like A Court of Thorns and Roses. And so I put a thing up on my story and asked people what was like an addictive series that I could get into. Cause you know, I had time on my hands. And one of the most commonly recommended was this uh series. The first book is called From Blood and Ash, and it's by a woman named Jennifer Armantrout. And It's very akin to like A Court of Thorns and Roses. Like, it's in that same genre. It's in like a fictional dystopian world where this girl who is 18 is the maiden, which, like, you're not really sure what that means. Um, And she falls in love with one of her guards. I, okay. So, after finishing it, I liked it. I did not get that addictive feeling of like, I need to know what happens next. It was confusing, like more so than a lot of other books that I've read in this kind of genre. There were like too many different varieties of bad guys. Like I was like, I don't I can't remember like what this type of bad guys deal is. Like So there were like too many types of bad guys. And then like the rules of the world weren't super established where I was like, I'm still not clear what the maiden is supposed to do. And I think that was supposed to be part of the mystery. But I was like, I don't like that like the central... Piece of this book, I don't understand. So things really only came together for me in the last quarter. So I really liked it and I will read the second book. But like, if I had just picked this up and I hadn't known that like so many people really highly recommended it, I probably would have like put it down because it was confusing. Yeah. Which is hard. Yeah. So I would say on this one, like, if you're a big fan of the genre, like if you really like fantasy books and you're out of Sarah J. Moss books, like, Great, this would be a good book to read. But, like, if you're just starting out, like, I, this isn't where I would start. Okay. So, I read that. Oh, this is a little out of order. So, um, I read Wish You Were Here by Jodie Pico, which is our January book club pick, which we announced on Instagram and the Facebook group. But if you missed it, here's the announcement. So, you read this when we were in Mexico yes. for my birthday. Yes, back in September. And this is how I knew that it was going to be really good because you wouldn't give it to me because you were like, I have to give it to my mom. I know. <laughs> you like well, me. I also
0: knew that you could get an advanced copy if you really wanted it. Whereas- you like,
1: finished it and you were like, you were like, you can only read this if you read this in 24 hours because you were leaving before us because you were like, I need to take this home with me and give it to my mom. And so, I don't know, you like... You made it exclusive. And I was like, ooh, interesting.
0: <laughs> well, so also, it was it... my sister Meredith, like, doesn't read as much as we do. She is a mom of two kids and a, a PhD professor. Like, she's very busy grading papers. But she loves Jody Pico so much. So it was like, there was a waitlist in my family because of my Instagram stories. My mom was like, I'm going to need that. My sister was like, I want that.
1: <laughs> so I, I read it over break. I was really... Nervous about reading it because it is about COVID, and I just like didn't know if I could handle it. And I loved this. I thought it was really interesting. It made me, on the whole, hopeful because it did show how far it came. And, and we'll have a whole conversation about this at the end of the month for book club. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I felt there was like one section that I felt like was too intense, and I was almost like, oh my god, like I might need to stop. But and the only reason I'm mentioning it is because. It ends pretty quickly, and I felt like it was relevant to the plot. So, like, if you get that feeling and you've otherwise been okay with that book, like, I would say, like, push through. But I – oh, I really liked it. I loved it. I also feel like this book – like, if you were putting a book in a time capsule that, like, explained 2020 and 2021, like, it should be this book.
0: Yeah. I saw some comments in the Facebook group saying, like – I don't know about this, but, like, I would encourage you to read it. And if you don't want to, you can skip that – skip it, but – That's fine. I, I totally get it that it might be way too much for for some people, but I really – I really enjoyed it. Yes, me too. And I read it in September, which was, like, even fresher. I guess, like, right now it feels like it, we might be getting another – like, it's just, like, all over again. But – Well, I read it at the the height of my own personal Omicron
1: anxiety, which, as we know from – Instagram and from this podcast has been pretty intense. So, you know, like I read it at the height of my own anxiety and I didn't find it to be too much personally, but everyone's different. So, anyway, loved that. And then I thought I was going to treat myself to an Ellen. So I'd been saving Golden Girl, which was Ellen Hildebrand's book from 2021. And I finally read it, and Grace, I was disappointed. Oh no, that's been on my list. It was. I have fine. silver girl. I have. I don't have golden. Silver girl. girl's good. Okay. Silver girl's great. They're not related. Yeah. Even though the titles are similar, like they have nothing to do with each other. Okay. Um, it, it of course was well written, and like the characters were good. I think maybe what 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 made it not as enjoyable to me is the main character was. A woman in her early 50s who w- of adult children. She was a mother of adult children. Um, I think maybe I just couldn't really relate to her because, you know, a lot of her concerns were about the lives of her adult children that she was involved in. And, like, I don't know. I guess I didn't have a lot in, in common with her. And that was a lot of the crux of her story. But mm. it, it it was fine. Like, it wasn't bad. But it just it didn't do it for me. It didn't light my fire. Okay.
0: So that was a disappointment. That is a disappointment, especially when it's your like one of your favorite authors.
1: Yes. And i had been saving it. I was like, I, I do this apparently. Like I
0: like save books that I think I'm really going to enjoy. And I'm like, I'll treat myself at some point. It'll be a reward. I did that with both the yeah. Sarah Packin and Greer Hendricks book, which was great. And the C. The C. Hoover book. <laughs> and that, yeah. that was just such a bummer.
1: Let's take another quick ad break. And then we'll talk about some TV and movies and wrap things up. So today's episode is sponsored by HelloFresh. And I feel like a lot of us are trying to focus on cooking more or eating better in the new year. And I totally fell into the takeout trap at the end of last year as I finished the first draft of my book. And I really want to cook at home more this January. But it's not like I magically have more time or mental energy. And for me, the hardest part about cooking is the planning, which is why I love HelloFresh, which is America's number one meal kit. They make cooking at home simple and more enjoyable. So HelloFresh takes care of all the parts of cooking that are a pain for me, like planning and shopping. I get to choose from over 50 weekly menu and market items, and they have options for everyone, including vegetarian, calorie smart, family friendly, and gourmet options. So there's always plenty of variety. And the recipes are so fun and really help me to break out of my usual recipe routine. So this week I did the shrimp and poblano corn chowder. Which is something I'd for sure order off a restaurant menu, but have never ever cooked at home. And it was delicious. So I love that I'm also like expanding my cooking skills while also saving time for myself. It's like fun to look at the options. It feels like ordering off a restaurant menu, but then you like make it and they're all easy. So they deliver pre portioned ingredients right to my door, including farm fresh produce that arrives within a week so I can get convenience without skipping quality. And best of all, they save me the trip to the grocery store, which In really cold weather, I don't want to walk a mile and a half there and back to the grocery store. So all their meals are quick to prepare. Most come together in 30 minutes or less. And they have step-by-step photo instructions. So if you're less comfortable in the kitchen, they truly do make it really easy. And I love that they're flexible. Personally, I don't do it every week. I dip in and out depending on how busy my week is and how many nights I'm planning to eat at home. And that was my biggest fear going into it. I didn't want to get trapped but they are so flexible, you can easily customize your order online or in the app and change your delivery day, food preference, plan size, or skip a week whenever you need to. Go to HelloFresh.com BOP16 and use code BOP16 for up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. Again, that's HelloFresh.com BOP16 and use code BOP16 for up to 16
0: free meals and free gifts. Shall we talk some TV? Yes. Okay. So I feel like we both watch Emily in Paris and and just like yes. that. So we got to chat about it. I'm homeless. not caught
1: up on and just like that, but yeah, I watch most of it. Yeah. I liked Emily in Paris. Like I have to say, like Emily in Paris is a bad show. Like it is what it is. It's not even a bad show. Emily is a bad character. Like she's so despicable. Emily sucks.
0: But like, I do want a hair tutorial from Emily. Like, how does she get those curls to look like that and hold that way? I thought they did a great job with the second season. Like, I thought it was fun. I thought like the stories
1: and the drama was fun. Like the the plot lines that they came up with were all really fun. Like they did a good job working around a terrible main character. I don't know why they made her that bad to begin with, but now they're stuck with her. Like I thought it was fun. Love the clothes. Love yeah. Paris. Like it's not
0: it's it shouldn't win any awards but like it's fun tv i like the clothes especially camille's clothes i like um seeing paris i really would love to go to paris i don't know when that the next time we we get to go will be but um so it was like wanderless for me i just i just can't stand emily and so i don't um i kind of hate watching
1: ha- i don't hate watching i actually liked it way better than the first season but <laughs> Uh, they have made a terrible main character and now they are stuck with her. <laughs> what are your feelings, audience, just like that? Oh, I have mixed feelings. I do not know how I feel. I'm curious to see where the rest of the season goes. And I think I'm only one, I think I'm one episode behind. So I don't know what happens uh,
0: most recently. I. I, I, How do you feel about what they've done to Miranda? Like, I feel like we both are always like, we're Mirandas. Like, she's the best character.
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm happy to see all of the girls back on my screen. Like, they're characters that I love. And it's, like, fun to see them again. I get why, yeah. spoilers, I get why they killed Big. Like, because otherwise there would be no drama. Everyone would be happily settled. So, like, I get why they had to do that. Um, but it doesn't feel fun. It doesn't feel fun. Like it doesn't feel fun. It feels hard, which I get is real life and it's a hard year, but like I want it to feel fun and it doesn't.
0: Yeah. You know, I wrote an essay on my blog about my thoughts and I thought the comments were really interesting because I have some older readers and there was two really different perspectives. Women were like, "I, I don't know why they're doing this, like this talk of hearing aids and this and that. Like, and the death, like, you know, your 50s are really, like, great years, too, and, like, they're making them seem like they're in their 70s, and then I had, like, one really angry woman who came, and she's like, you've never been in your 50s. If you were, you'd like the show and understand, so I thought that it was, um, that I think that there's two ways of looking at it, like, one, that it's very realistic. For me, I'm just like, this isn't really the show I need right now, like, I want something happy, and, like, But then it's like you look at Emily in Paris. Sorry, I almost said Emily in Paradise. Emily in Paris. And that's um, like there's just like so little substance to that show. So it's like do we just want to see them in like fun outfits with like no substance or? Okay, so wait. Not no substance.
1: But like the show that I watched that scratched the itch for me that I was missing with and just like that. Was I watched Harlem, which is an Amazon original? And you told me
0: to watch it. I haven't seen it yet.
1: Okay, it's so good. It is like to oversimplify it and to just like be so reductive. It is like a black Sex in the City. It is four women all in their like early thirties, I think, living in Harlem. It's it's an Amazon original. It is so good. Like it has the relationship drama and it has like the like funny sexual situations like at one point like one of the girls has sex with her uber driver and then she's like tr- she didn't get his number so she keeps calling ubers trying to like get him again and it's like <laughs> you know like it has the funny things of like that remind me of old sex in the city it also has great clothes it has like homes that are completely unrealistic for the jobs that people have like it is great like it it just it was it's funny like a great soundtrack like it really scratched the itch for me. It is written. It's really well written. It's written by Tracy Oliver, who also wrote Girls Trip. Great. Loved it. Highly recommend. Don't know why more people aren't talking about it because I'm like, I I think, you know, we all have a space in our hearts for just like that because we love the original so much and we want it to be good. But I'm like, no, Harlem is actually good versus like, Everyone's like, well, I got to stick with it.
0: Yeah, I think it's the characters. Like getting invested in like four new women's lives feels like effort. Whereas like I wanted to like see my old friends. I'm going to watch it. I loved this.
1: This is my this is my plea to everyone to watch Harlem. It is so good. It fills the hole that I wanted the new Sex and the City to fill that it just, it doesn't. Okay. So I loved that.
0: I also um, have been watching the new season of Queer Eye. Do you watch Queer Eye? On and off. Like, I feel like when I'm sick, sometimes I want to watch Queer Eye. But it doesn't. It's just so. It's so heartwarming. It is, but I'm not, like, learning anything from it. I don't know. Like. It's not the I point. know, but, like, it just. It, I don't always love things about real people. Like, I either want, like, a full, like, unplug, like, with, like, and just like that. Or the great. Or something like that. Or I want something smart. So, real like, shows oh. like that, I'm like. I don't know. It's not character based and it's not educational. So I don't want to watch it. I loved it. It's it's very heartwarming. It like hits you right in the feels
1: and makes you believe that people are still good. I do like it when I'm sick. Yeah.
0: When I had the flu or whatever I had, when I had like the cold from hell like a couple months ago, I watched it and I liked it. But it's more of a, a sick day show. Anything else to add here? Should we go to movies? Um. Yeah, I watched The Great. Have you seen it? I haven't. It's on Hulu, and it is so fucking funny. So it, you, one would think it's it's like not it's I forget what it it calls itself, but it's it's like a, it's <laughs> it's based on Catherine the Great, but not really. Like they they swear and they're like kind of like it's it's not true basically, but it's absolutely hilarious. The costumes are amazing. Elle Fanning is fantastic. Um, it's just a fun like easy show to watch and I really enjoyed it. I watched a bunch of it over the break. I'm like halfway through the second season. And then I, I started Station Eleven and quickly abandoned it. It's about a, um apocalypse and it was like, like – I've seen mixed things. I've heard a lot of people say it's like a little too heavy. It's a little too heavy and I just didn't enjoy it. So I abandoned that and don't plan on going back. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about movies. Yes. Um, so what if, what were your thoughts on The Hating Game? Oh, So The Hating Game, was this also on Amazon? I can't remember wh- where it is. Anyway. I think I rented it on Apple. I think you have to pay for it. Okay.
1: Okay. So it's an adaptation of a Sally Thorne romance book, which was like one of the first big like contemporary romance books. And, you know, I did not love the book. I had some issues with the book, but I was excited for the movie because, you know, I feel like a lot of these books, like, you know, the Christina Laurens and the Emily Henrys and whatever, like, they're not getting adapted. And so I was excited. Yes. I thought the adap- the adaptation was well done. I thought it was good. I I thought Lucy Hale was really cute. Great office clothes, like, fun cinematography, well written. I, I liked everything about it, except I hated the love interest I hated the guy oh he was and funny, part he- of that is the character yeah like I did not like him in the book I thought he was a creepy I, I thought he was a creepy guy in the book too so like that's kind of on the source material but I also thought the actor was creepy <laughs> like he, it like if there was a sequel where he
0: killed her the, I would buy that the actor like, like I need to see him in something else or like maybe I don't I felt like he was like a robot, a weird robot version of Ryan Reynolds. Oh, I can see that. That's a great comparison. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, he's 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 a little weird. He's like a little stiff and weird. And I think he's he was acting that way because that's how Josh is as a yeah, character. But uh, uh, that's what I was gonna say. I couldn't tell if it was the actor or the character that I didn't yeah,
1: like. Yeah. I so I ended up being neutral on the movie. Like it didn't change my mind about the book. But I like. I did think it was fun. I I like that. You know I'm. I want the mid-budget rom com to come back. And so like I'm excited that this type of thing is getting adapted. But I I didn't I didn't love their chemistry. I didn't love
0: him as a character. I didn't love anything. I loved her. I thought she was perfectly cast for the role. And I thought I thought she was I thought she was cute. The thing that I couldn't
1: tell is I felt like they had no chemistry. And the book is really sexy. Like it's like yes. super dirty. And so I couldn't tell if they just, like, didn't have chemistry because of him or, like, they didn't have chemistry because, like, I feel like Lucy Hale is, like, a little bit of a Mm goody-goody where I was, like, I couldn't tell if it was because of her, too, that I didn't buy, like, the sexual chemistry.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I found it likable. I thought it was, like, just, like, fun and, like, a fun escape. There really aren't a lot of mid-budget rom-coms and – you know, whereas I do like more mysteries for reading, I do like a romance, but um, movie like a rom com movie when I want some like that's a good way to relax. I find so I it's not going to be my go to, but I'd watch it again. Would you? Probably, I would probably like watch it again. Oh, okay, yeah, I got what I needed. Like from I'd her. watch it in the future if I like saw it on Netflix. Yeah, I don't know. I'd re- I'd probably reach for like the intern or a Nancy Myers movie over that if I'm rewatching. Mm. Okay. Yeah. What about "Don't Look Up"? Okay. I first of all, Jeff and I were going to watch it when it, the night it came out, and it got such bad reviews. He's like, "I refuse to watch that." And I watched it the next night by myself, and I was like, "You're going to fucking love this. It's a satire about global warming. the The cast is amazing. It. um I found it laugh out loud funny at times. Like I you did. Yes, I loved it.
1: Oh, I didn't love it. I, first of all, I thought it was about a half hour too long. It was a little minimum. Long. Yeah, there's parts that they could have cut. It was long. I mean, I think that like it got so much hype because of the cast. But like, if it was no name actors in this movie, like everyone would just be like, "Yeah, this was a bad movie."
0: Yeah, I don't. I didn't like it. Oh, I really liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I just thought it was funny and smart, and I loved the way that certain things were politicized. Like the comet for more jobs. I was just like, I don't know. It just made me like, I found myself like cackling out loud. And then the Leonardo DiCaprio, like hot scientist thing and his fling with the, with the Cape Lanchette as a news anchor. Like she's always like so highbrow and sophisticated. It was fun seeing her like play this kind of like tacky, tacky woman. I don't know. I just loved it. I did not. Oh, that's funny.
1: I did not. Um, Tell me what your favorite movies were that you watched over the break.
0: OK, I'm going to go fast. Um, and again, like these are all saved to my Instagram highlight. But first, I've really enjoyed and this got bad reviews too, Silent Night, which was the apocalypse Christmas movie with Keira Knightley. <laughs> OK. And I was totally not going to watch this, but I was at my friend's birthday party and all and Nick, who has amazing taste in movies and Natalie, who also has great taste in movies both loved it. So I was like, "All right, I'm going to give this a go." And it was fun. It was like not not great cinema, but I enjoyed it. And I also have like a major crush on Matthew Good, so like I liked getting to see some of him. Is he the guy from The Discovery of Witches? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. He's like one of my top 5 crushes. Like I love him. So, The Last Duel shockingly loved this. This was also recommended to me by Nick. I feel like Nick and John are like my two go-tos for movie recommendations. I wasn't sure I'd like this. This was the one with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and um, Jodie Comer playing the lead. And I was like, this looks bad. Like, not even bad. It just doesn't look like my genre. And Jeff and I watched it over the break, and we both absolutely loved it. It's super feminist. It is... The plot is really engaging. Like I tend to, a lot of those like more period pieces, I tend to fall asleep during. I was just like so invested and so into this. And I loved, it tells the story, like the main plot from three different people's perspective and the way that they change it and the subtle differences. It was great. Like I've been telling everyone to watch it. I got Alex to watch it. She was sick and I told her to watch it and she's very critical and she absolutely loved it. Another movie that I enjoyed that was all, pretty hard to watch, but I think it's probably going to get a lot of Oscar noms is mass. And this is two different sets of parents meet up in a church conference room to talk about what like this tragedy that had happened in the past. And both of the parents lost a child in this tragedy. But one child was the perpetrator and one was the victim. And it was just it was heartbreaking and really sad and gave you a lot of empathy for like the parents of kids who do bad things like how do you like if if you're that parent how do you reconcile how that happened how you raised someone who did this horrible thing
1: is this a documentary
0: no it's um it's fiction okay yes and I think I rented that on apple I put all of these in my um in my highlights I can't remember what everything's on so I just like save it to Instagram the next one was come on come on this was John told me to watch it was um This is was Joaquin Phoenix and he plays like a radio journalist and he goes across the country interviewing kids. And so that part's very cute. But his sister has to go care for her husband who's uh, mentally ill and and he has to take care of her son for like a month or two. And it's just very heartwarming kind of about the bond between uncle and son. And I related to it as like I'm an aunt and like love my nephews and niece so much. Um but it was it was very very sweet. The next one I watched is The Truffle Hunters which is an excellent documentary all about truffle hunting. I will warn you that you should watch this when you're very awake because it's like very slow and almost like soothing to watch and it's in Italian with subtitles. So oh god. <laughs> I had a brunch with some wine and then I came home and put this on and I was out. <laughs> And so I had to rewind it and rewatch it. But I really, really liked this. I thought that it was so interesting, like learning all about these. It's like follows these. It's just like delightful to watch. It's really beautifully filmed. And it follows these four Italian men who are like in their 80s with their dogs, like searching for truffles. So I loved that. Um, And then the other night I watched Passing on Netflix, which um, has very similar a very similar ties to kind of like The Vanishing Half, which was one of our book club picks a while back. And it's about these two women who grew up together and one of them, they're living in New York and one of them passes for white. And this, so it's like in nineteen in the 20s. So like the, the clothing is very like flapper era and it's like beautiful. And the cinematography is also beautiful. But the dynamic between the two women, it's like in part they each envy each other and then in part they like hate each other and the tension between the two of them is so incredible. I just thought it was like really well written and the actresses were incredible. Rebecca Hall directed this, um, which I thought was interesting. I I really, really liked this, that one. Okay. So there's even more on Instagram. I just didn't want to like monopolize the episode talking about movies. Well, I only watched
1: two other movies outside of the ones we both watched. I watched Finding You, which is a rom-com-ish on Amazon. So many people told me to watch this, and it was bad. Oh, no. It was bad. Um, Like, it's about this guy who's an actor on a Game of Thrones-esque show who falls in love with this girl who's a a college exchange student, and it's set in Ireland. It was... It was really – the acting was rough. Like, it was real cheesy. People loved it, though. I was not one of them. So I didn't love that. Um, But what I did
0: love – have you ever seen The Long Shot? Yes. With Seth Rogen? Yes. And Charlie's Theron? Yes. Yeah, it's fun. It
1: came out in, like, 2019, and it did not make it on my radar, at least. And I I think it might be, like, a little bit underrated – overall like I don't think it's that I, I don't know how it was released but it, it didn't seem like it like did a big did big box office numbers or anything
0: yeah um I like and that. so it's so
1: funny so it's a, it's the it Rom-com about Charlize Theron is the Secretary of State and she's running for president, and Seth Rogen is this like down on his luck journalist who they knew each other as children. She used to be his babysitter, and so she brings him on as a speechwriter. Um, after they get like reintroduced, and you know they have a will there won't they romance? It is so funny. Like it's it's very heavy on the com. It was. I loved this. I thought this was great. I don't know why more people don't talk about this. I liked it. I didn't love it, love it, but I
0: liked it a lot. I thought this was laugh out loud funny. I thought this was hilarious. Oh, that's, I feel, you know, I think we just have different things that make us laugh. That's true. I would agree that they were both funny, but I, I don't know. I had, I had a lot of readers message me that they thought that Don't Look Up was laugh out loud funny. And John mm. said that. Jeff, and his, Jeff watched it with his whole family and they all laughed and thought it was funny. Um, I thought it was meh. I was expecting more. Oh, I think also, you know what it goes back to? It's that whole idea of when your expectations for something are low. Like I had low expectations for it because I read the reviews and I was like, oh, I'm not going to like this. Whereas prior to that, I had high expectations because the cast sounded amazing. So I was like, it's going to be so great. But because I I don't know, I just went into it thinking it was going to be a funny movie. And since I had lower expectations, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Shall we get into some end matter? Yes. Four weeks off. Do you have an Instagram obsession? Yes, I do actually. It's um Social Club Officiel, O-F-F-I-C-E-L, This is a really cool account. I mean, I didn't know about it, but it has 150,000 followers and gets great engagement. Every post is a picture of a different celebrity and like a great quote. That's where I got that Bill Murray quote about when you're relaxed, you're better at everything. And I just think it has great like little wisdom. It's very visually appealing. It's a great account. Okay,
1: awesome. Mine was a recommendation from Alex. Do you follow Carolina Gellin? I'm not positive. No. That's how you pronounce it. Uh, the last name is G-E-L-E-N. So yeah. she is – it's a cooking account, and she is uh, – she works for Food 52. And Alex sent me this recipe that Alex made, which was one of Carolina's recipes, for egg salad. And it's not traditional egg salad. You obviously would not like this. You are traumatized I'm gonna block by eggs. i this out. Um, but anyway, not Alex, eggs, hard boiled eggs. Hard boiled eggs. Alex raved about this recipe. I still haven't made it, but I started following her and I have saved so many of the recipes that she has shared. She does like great reels of them too. Oh, like I feel like we just have like similar taste palettes or something. I'm very into her. I'd never heard of her before. Cool.
0: What about regular obsessions? I have a few. So the first thing, have you, do you have the shop app? Um. No.
1: It's Shopify's, I think it's a Shopify app. Okay. Basically, so what happened was I ordered those puzzles from Peacework and the only way to track them was through the shop app. And I was so annoyed, but I wanted to know where they were. So I downloaded this app and basically it combines all of your things that are being shipped to you into one app and tells you in one place, which is incredible. It's so useful to me. So it, like, combines all of your tracking numbers and everything into one app. Okay. The problem, which I think s- some people will not like, is you have to give it access to your email and to your Amazon account to make it work. I am n- very low-key about privacy. Like, I'm not very concerned about internet privacy. So I had no problem doing that. But I feel like some people would, like, freak out about it. Um, I mean, just, like, thinking about my friends. So, um yeah, you may or may not like that, but I'm like, oh, my God, this is mind – this is so – this makes it so much easier rather than having to go into, like, different apps to track different
0: packages. Yeah. Okay. So I'm really into that. I don't think Should I track been, packages I bought- enough to want an, a thing for it.
1: Oh, I do. I, I feel like I track packages. I also feel like we always have, like, lost packages and stuff, like
0: – yeah. I've gotten very breezy about my mail, which you'd be proud of because mail is always so stressful in Brooklyn. <laughs> so I can see that.
1: Um, and also, just like I'm, a, I'm an obsessive person. Like, when I, like, I just am like, is it coming? I get really excited about things that I buy. Oh, funny. The other thing I bought, I bought a J. Crew cashmere blanket scarf. So, you know, you have your Heidi Wynn ones, and you, I feel like you have white and worn ones. Honestly, like I get sticker shock uh, about those kinds of things. Like I think yours are like $300 and I'm like, oh, I don't want to spend that much on this. And so I was looking for, I wanted a black scarf and um, J.Crew like always has everything on sale. I think it's $150 regular price and I think like it was like 40% off or something. So I think I got it for 80 bucks. It is so lovely and high quality. Like I am obsessed with this scarf and I think oh. next time they're on sale, I might get one in a different color. Um, I've just been wearing it like it's a huge shawl type scarf, but I've just been wearing it like around my neck. But I also feel like it'd be great for planes like as a, as a wrap. So I think I'm going to get one in a different color
0: once next time they go on sale. I love a big cashmere scarf that you can double as a blanket for the plane. Yeah. The quality, I'm really impressed with the quality. Like I think it's really nice. That's really good to know. Is it a hundred percent cashmere? I believe so.
1: It's sitting right next. J Crew has
0: great cashmere.
1: Let's see, is it a hundred percent cashmere? Yeah, it is.
0: Yeah. Cool.
1: And they have the colors were a little cheesy. I think the neutrals are better than the colors that they have. But um, yeah, into it. Um, and then shamefully, I uh, have a new phone game addiction. I got addicted to SimCity over the break. Oh no and honestly we're gonna need to put some real rules into place once I am back to work because I can't like waste all my time on this but like I kind of get it like it's kind of fun to play a mindless game like the way that guys are or not just guys but like people are with video games like I'm like oh there is something about like just really truly zoning out like yeah it's kind of nice so um I am currently addicted to SimCity cool (laughs) cool
0: cool I'm not allowed to download any more games because I have Candy Crush and I love Candy Crush and I need to not use. Can- I might delete Candy Crush from my phone.
1: Ooh, we'll talk about that in, in our 2022 goals episode. <laughs> yes.
0: Oh, is it my turn? Yeah. So I have a place for skincare stuff that I love in Charleston, and I I have a non-local one too, but um, it's called Ella Aura. It is an amazing spot. I went so it wasn't really on my radar, but for my 40th, four of my girlfriends got me a gift card to go here. And I'll tell you, I made the appointment back in September and my appointment was in De- in December. They are packed. Like they are so busy. I mean, I think it's because there's fewer, there's fewer spas in Charleston. And also it's a small place. Like they only have like two treatment rooms but it is the best facial I've had in my life. My skin felt so good afterwards. I just, I love all the products they use. I love the the, the woman there. She was so knowledgeable. I saw Cassie, if you're local to Charleston and want to give it a try, but it was worth the wait, it was worth the price. It was like perfection. Great. So that's that's my Charleston-y obsession. You're gonna like this one, I think. My um, other obsession is my, I'm gonna hold it up to show you, my 2022 um, Smytheson planner. And no. I love it because it has a day a page a day and it's just lovely. I love it. No, I, I have to You're not even looking at me. Look no, at it. No,
1: I, I see it, but I, I can't I I'm paper products call to me, but then I never actually use them and I have to give it up that I am not a planner person. Like I'm not
0: a physical planner person. So I think this is actually more of like a beautiful to-do list book because every day I just mm-hmm. write my to-do list on the page and it's okay. so nice. Like I don't really use it for appointments. It's just my to-do list for that day. And then I it helps me plan my week. So like on Monday I was like, oh, on Friday I have this Instagram story due and on Tuesday I have a shoot. So I just put in – and it, it maybe it's like a stupid ritual because I take – at the beginning of the week, I take everything that's on my digital calendar and everything that's on my editorial calendar in terms of blog deadlines and things. And I put those into the planner and I just have this really nice visual thing and I can cross things off as I do them. And it's also chic. Like, look at it. It's It's very beautiful. It's very chic. I'm happy
1: with my my large lined post-it note to-do list system. I'm resisting planners. I've been getting targeted with so many Instagram ads, and I keep swiping on they're them. They're probably like, this woman
0: loves planner, like yeah, paper Yeah, they goods. do. She's, and they're right. And I, I keep like almost buying them. And I'm like, you're not going to use this. Um, yeah, I love mine. If anyone's interested, it's the Soho Cosmic Diary, and I have it in red. I just really like that it has a full page per day. So it's it's I very mean, maybe chic. it's Maybe it's my chic to-do list and not necessarily a planner. What about on the book front? What are you currently reading? So I just literally just finished Everything We Didn't Say by Nicola Bart. And that is it's a fun thriller. Honestly, in the beginning it was reading kind of young. And I was like, this feels like a bad YA book. And then by the end, I was like, I can't put this down. So it's great. Um, this one is about a woman who returns to her hometown. Um, and they're like you're it alternates between past and present and In the past, their, like, beloved neighbors were murdered, and she gets back there, and her brother was the main suspect, and she wants to clear his name. So it's fast-paced and fun. It's not great literature, but it's a fun, like, read-in-a-day thriller, and I really – I I liked it. It was a good vacation book. And then I am currently reading Atomic Habits by James Clear, which I think you would like. I bought this because I saw it on your
1: story, and this felt very in line with my vibe – of just like New Year planning and thinking yeah. and goals, and so I bought this. And I also bought. Did you know the Gretchen Rubin, who wrote the Happiness Project, also has a book about goals? No, I can't remember what it's called. It's called like. I Want to say it's like Better Faster Stronger, but that's not it. That's a Daft Punk song, but like it's something along those lines. But I bought that too.
0: Okay. Um. That sounds interesting. I don't know. I I don't know if I need another another book about goals, but. I I started listening
1: to her podcast because I I listened to Happier in Hollywood, which is her sister's podcast. Which is her sister is a screenwriter, and then her sister is also the co-host on Happier with Gretchen Rubin. And um, they do they talk a lot about New Year's resolutions, or not resolutions, but like goal setting and stuff. And so I I tuned into a couple of the Happier episodes. And one thing that really resonated with me was they were talking about identifying your loopholes. And it really resonated with me about, like, what are the loopholes that you tell yourself to, like, let yourself off the hook of your goals? And so I almost bought it, like, specifically for that because it, like, really resonated with me in the podcast episode. She had, like, 10 different loopholes of, like, ways that people tell themselves that they can,
0: like, not do this. Oh, interesting. That sounds good. Okay, So let me know what you think. Well, you will because we'll talk about it in the podcast Yeah. Neither
1: of them have come yet, but I did order Atomic Habits as well.
0: Atomic Habits is great. I think I really like the mentality of just being like 1% better every day versus like trying to fully overhaul yourself. Like I've just never been like a new year, new me type of person. I'm like, I'm going to do these things a little better. I'm going to eat a little healthier. I'm going to get to the gym more than I was getting to the gym last year and just see how it goes. And I, I feel like I like his mentality a lot. And he also talks a lot about focusing rather than focusing on your goals, putting systems in place to get to your goal and focusing on the systems, which I just think is really practical advice. A lot no, of it I love is, a system. Yeah. Like a lot of it is simple stuff that you probably already know. Like I, I thought about my eyelash serum and I keep it next to my toothbrush. So I remember to do it every night. It's a lot of like that kind of stuff. Like Put something next to your coffee maker that you need to do because you're going to make You always will make your coffee. So you add another habit onto the morning coffee. I really, I'm really, really enjoying it and getting a lot from it. I'm currently
1: reading two books as well a nonfiction and a fiction. So I'm doing my yearly reread of Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. I'm just reading, I don't know, like 20 pages or so in the morning while I drink my coffee. And this book, we did it for book club last January. I read it. I reread it every year in January, and it is just—it is truly a book of my heart. Like it, I get something new out of it every time. It's Elizabeth Gilbert's thoughts on creativity, and it's a very important book to me. So I'm enjoying my annual reread. I'm also excited to revisit the episode that we um, recorded with her, which was one of my favorite episodes that we've ever done. So I'm going to listen to that too. I need to
0: re-listen to that too. That was definitely one of my favorites too. Yeah. It was like a life high getting to talk to her. Totally. Um, and then on the uh, lowbrow end of the spectrum, I am
1: reading a book called Crave by Tracy Wolf. And this has very strong vintage bad on paper vibes. Like when we started this, we used to read bad YA books. And this is a bad, bad good YA book. Oh. Um, it is about a girl who goes to a boarding school and she, I'm not far enough in the book yet. She doesn't know it yet, but I think there's like all kinds of creatures like vampires and witches and whatever. And I think she's the only human. I'm given to believe that the first half is very similar to Twilight. And then the second half is totally different. So I'm still in the Twilight part. It's it's decently written though. So in that way, it's better than Twilight. But yeah, it's like a, hey, guilty I don't want to say guilty pleasure it's like a a YA page turnery read and so that sounds like something I might like keep me posted I'll let you I'll let you know I'm like 200 pages in out of 500 so I'm excited to see what the second half is because right now it does feel very similar to Twilight yeah I think it might be a little too young for you
0: okay we'll see
1: we'll see I want to see what kind of trouble these rich unsupervised teens get into yeah I'm curious too. Before we go, a couple of pieces of housekeeping. Spotify has reviews now. So if you are listening to this podcast on Spotify and you haven't been able to leave us a review because previously it was only Apple, would love it if you would leave us a rating and review on Spotify. Also, leave us a review on Apple. The The most recent ones are a little harsh. So um, if you like this podcast, leave us a review. If you don't, that's OK. Skip it. That's OK. And then book club. So I, I said that Jodi Picoult's uh, newest book, Wish You Were Here, is our book club pick for January. It is about a woman, a very type A woman, she kind of reminds me of Carly, named Diana. She's an art specialist at Sotheby's. And she's about to go on this uh, long-planned vacation to the Galapagos Islands with her boyfriend, Finn. And the night before the trip, he tells her he can't go. It's right before, it's in March 2020, it's right before uh, coronavirus hits New York. And um, he is a surgeon, and it's all hands on deck at the hospital. And so she goes by herself. And when she gets there, she finds out that the island is closing for quarantine, and she decides to stay. So being on the island by herself, she has to like figure out how to survive, but then also like comes to question everything about her life. And so it does have to do with COVID. There are a few other triggers, so you, you should definitely research uh, triggers for this book if you have any. And what else am I missing?
0: I think that's perfect. Oh, we're going to discuss it on January 26th. Mm-hmm. So yeah, read along with us if, if you're inclined. I loved this book, as we said earlier. Yeah, no hard feelings
1: if it's too too much or not the right time for you. We'll catch you in the next one. Yeah. In the meantime, we have our Facebook group. You can follow us on Instagram at That on Paper Podcast.
0: And I am on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. I'm on Instagram at Grace Atwood, and I'm blogging again every single day at thestripe.com. And we'll see you
1: next week. I'm so excited for next week's goals episode.
0: Yeah, me too. Okay. Bye, everyone.
1: Bye, guys.